Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dada Yon Podcast. My name is Yorl Glick. I'm the director of Dada Yon, a center for Jewish meditation and spiritual training in the holy city of Jerusalem. We are delighted to bring you these podcasts that explore new ways of looking at ancient traditions in the light of modern spirituality. We hope they will open your mind and expand your heart. Today my topic is spiritual longing. As the heart pants after the water brooks, so my soul pants after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 42. This psalm is one of the classic Jewish expressions of the soul's longing for God. It portrays the natural state of the soul as an intense yearning to return to its creator. Shearning deepens when the soul awakens to life in this world, or it is so far from the holiness and oneness of its source. According to Abinatan of Nemirov, the reason for our descent into this world is to awaken this great spiritual longing within us. Like a child separated from his parents, we long to return to our true home. In one of his teachings, the Baal Shem Tov talks about the world's longing for God. It's yearning to rest in the Divine Presence, a yearning that is especially pronounced on Shabbat. On Shabbat, he writes, the whole of creation is filled with longing, like a baby that busies itself with the childish games and forgets its father. But afterwards, when he sees his father coming, the child casts away everything else and wants runs towards him. Similarly, when God radiates the brilliance of the divine master's majesty on the creation, all the creatures turn away from their worldly preoccupation and look towards God with great yearning and love. And this is what God desires and hopes for them. And this is the reason why he created them. End of quote. Abinatan teaches that the soul could not survive this terrible separation, but for the divine livingness that it contacts in other people and objects. All the physical desires that we experience are the external expression of the desire of the soul to touch the spark of divine livingness that is at the heart of all that exists. According to the 16th century Kabbalist Rabbi Isaac Lurier, commonly known as the Ari, the Lion, at the beginning of creation in an act reminiscent of the Big Bang of the physicists, God sent an Or Yashar, a burst of light and energy direct from the realm of the infinite and the absolute, to the fragile vessel of the newly formed universe. This fragile vessel could not withstand the tremendous force of the divine light and a great shattering took place. 
As a result of this cosmic shattering, our universe was left in a broken condition where sparks of divine light in its sort were fused with shards of concrete matter, klipot, and everything that exists became a mixture of light and matter, of klipa or material shell, and nitsuts or divine spark that lives at its very heart. It is these divine sparks at the core of everyone and everything that nourishes the soul while it dwells in this world. They keep the soul connected to the divine source from which it has come. When we eat or drink or seek sexual pleasure, it is this spiritual force that we are actually striving to contact. We are trying to revive our deadened material consciousness by linking into the essential life force of the universe. We are attempting to break through our own sense of limitation by tapping into that which is most alive. Some of these actions, of course, also fulfill fundamental physical needs. But at the deepest level, they serve as a means of keeping our soul from expiring, from the pain of its separation from God. Imagine you grew up in a magnificent mansion with beautiful gardens and forests all around. In your home, you had everything you could desire. Your father and mother were loving and kind. You shared a relationship of warmth and fun with your siblings. You had wonderful teachers that stimulated your mind and expanded your consciousness. It was an amazing life of well-being, joy, and peace. Then suddenly one day, you're kidnapped and hauled off to another country, far from your home, where the language, culture, and manners were completely different from anything you know, where the people are rough and the countryside dreary, where the homes are dirty, dark, and damp. You have no friends, no family, no mentors to help you find your way. This is the condition that the soul found itself in when it was born into a body in this world. We are that soul, the beings that fell into the pot, into the husks, that left a world of peace and light where we were one with everyone and everything around us, where we had bodies composed of light, where we could walk and talk with God. So how do we survive our descent into this world? How do those of us who remember another more sublime existence make our way in this physical reality? If we want to spiritually survive in this world, we need to learn how to extract the maximum amount of divine life from every situation. We accomplish this by bringing God into every encounter and conversation focusing on the pure spark of divinity and not the outer form. By binding each experience to God, thereby drawing it into the realm of holiness. In the view of Rabinatan, God has given us specific tools to achieve this task. These tools are the mitzvot, the commandments or spiritual deeds. 
This is the true purpose of the mitzvot, to teach us how to liberate the divine life that is concealed in every experience and encounter. When Moses descended from Mount Sinai and told the children of Israel all that God had said to him, the children of Israel responded, All that the Lord has said, we will do and obey. Rabbi Natan explains that every mitzvah has these two aspects, na'aseh and nishma. Na'aseh is the physical act, the performance of the mitzvah. And nishma is the mindset, the will and the desire that we put into it. Together they form the spiritual foundation for the work of liberating the divine life and all that is. It is the power of our longing for God that makes a mitzvah complete. Without our longing, the mitzvah is lifeless. Only when we infuse a mitzvah with our yearning for God does it become potent and spiritually alive. This is because our yearning transforms the mitzvah into a match to ignite the divine spark. The Magid of Mezerich person who became the successor to the Baal Shem Tov, teaches that God only really cares about that spiritual match, about our yearning and spiritual fervor. The call in Hebrew, our Hitler Havut. But we are physical creatures that need a physical form to hold our structures and our actions in. But the real joy or pleasure, the Nachat Ruach, that God gets from our mitzvot, comes from the love and yearning that we put into them. That is why he created us. That is why he gave us the Torah and mitzvot, to act as vessels for our spiritual yearning and longing, a garment to clothe the men. The Midrash tells us when the children of Israel responded, Na'asen v'nishma, we will do and obey to God at Mount Sinai, the angels came down from heaven and bestowed two crowns of light upon their heads. However, after the sin of the golden calf, the crown of Naaseh was taken away from them, and only the crown of Nishma remained. At Sinai, the children of Israel were so infused with the power of the divine presence that they were in complete resonance with the will of God. However, after they made the golden calf, they lost this complete resonance with the divine will and were left with only the desire to do God's will without the capacity to fulfill it. This is a profound way to look at the nature of our fundamental spiritual struggle in this world. We want to be good people. We want to live moral and ethical lives. We want to become fitting divine instruments that accomplish spiritual work that God has given us. We want to fulfill God's will, fulfill the divine purpose and the divine plan. But we are imperfect creatures that do not have the wherewithal to succeed in these tasks. We are disconnected from our true self and the power of our soul. We are no longer aligned with the universe. We no longer can see the road or direction in which we must go. So how do we become who we want to be, the person that God wants us to be? How do we discover the strength, qualities, and awareness 
that will put us back in tune with ourselves and give us the capacity to fulfill the divine will. Binatan provides us with guidance in this matter. What does it mean, he says, that the crown of Nasser was taken away, but the crown of Nishmar remains in our head? It means that since that time, all that has been left to us is our longing for God. Therefore, it is through the power of our spiritual longing that we must reclaim the, we must reclaim the crown of Naaseh and recover the power to fulfill God's will as it should be. All the troubles in her life, Rabbi Natan concludes, are troubles that arise because we are unable to fulfill the will of God. Similarly, our only real consolation amid our difficulties comes from our longing for God. For as long as we continue to long for God, there is still hope that we will succeed in doing His will and thus fulfill our life. We long to be right. We long to be our true selves. We long to be aligned with the universe. We long to feel peace, love, and spiritual joy. This truth is expressed for us in the Torah when following the story of the golden calf, God tells the children of Israel to build the Mishkan or tabernacle. When God commands Moses to ask the children of Israel for the materials needed to build the Mishkan, God tells them that each person should donate towards the building of the Mishkan according to the prompting of his heart. We create a vessel for the Divine Presence by giving from the place of love and longing for God inside us. It is this prompting of the heart which provides us with the spiritual materials that we need to build a temple for the Lord. The mitzvah of giving materials for the Mishkan provides us with a vessel to hold our love and devotion. And our love and devotion transforms those materials into a vessel that can hold the divine light. Our love and our yearning awakens the divine spark in these physical objects. These divine sparks then form an edifice composed of ethereal light, where the divine presence can dwell. The desire for God has its source in the infinite and eternal will of God. There is a spark of the will of God that is implanted within each of us, the spark fills us with the will to live and the desire to grow and evolve. The more we bind ourselves to the spark, the more the power of the will of God will become alive within us, and the more vital and conscious we ourselves will become. Swami Brahmananda, direct disciple of the 19th century Indian saint Sri Ramakrishna, teaches that the purpose of all spiritual disciplines is to develop our will. The purer our minds, he declares, the more our willpower will increase. The more we strengthen our willpower, the closer we will move towards God. He cites the Buddha as an example. Sitting, sitting under the Bodhi tree, the Buddha resolved, either my body will be dried up on this seat or I shall attain nirvana, liberation. We too need to develop the same determination. 
We need to give up all of our procrastination and hesitation and resolve to realize God in this very life. It is through our love and yearning for our supernal beloved that we will break into the storehouse of willpower within us. A person who is madly in love will do anything for his or her lover. They will scale mountains and cross oceans, fight armies and slay dragons to reach the object of their heart's love. It is indispensable for everyone to deepen his or her longing for God from the simplest person to the greatest sadiq. There is no other way for us to reach our goal. It is only through the power of our love and yearning for God that we can break out of our physical consciousness and ascend into the higher realm to merge with our supernal source. Yearning is the fuel that powers our quest for the one. Rabbi Natan had great faith in the power of spiritual longing. He believed that the spiritual power of our inner young longings can annihilate our enemies, both internal and external, fill us with unbounded joy, and bring peace to the world. The Lord Zohar speaks of hundreds of worlds of longing. These worlds have been created by the longing that is stored in the hearts and minds of millions and millions of souls. Abhinatan is sure that if we can only link ourselves to this immense reservoir of spiritual power, then surely we can accomplish anything. This is a, there, is an, there is an essential paradox here. On the one hand, we have lost our resonance with the will of God, the fundamental willpower to do His will and not our own. On the other hand, we still have the longing for God within us, and by strengthening this longing, we can awaken the divine willpower that is hidden within us. Yet this longing is not enough. It must be combined with the work of spiritual disciplines, like the offerings of the heart that were used to build the Mishkan or temple. Our practices, practices channel our longing into a vehicle to build the strength of our will. These two attributes, longing and willpower, are two sides of the same divine energy. The one reinforces the other. It is through our longing for God that we find the strength to increase our willpower, and it is by building up our willpower that we harness the spiritual energy which is embodied in our inner yearning. The act of a mitzvah creates the form to hold the divine spark. Our willpower gives us the force which enables us to build that vessel. Our spiritual longing then energizes the vessel and raises it up to God. A mitzvah is more than just an act of obedience. It is the vehicle for translating our longing from God into the fulfillment of his will. It is the means by which we become alive with the will of God. The ability to convert longing into willpower is the key that will enable us, in the words of the psalm that we began this teaching with, to appear before God, to quench the thirst of our soul for the living waters of the Divine Presence. 
This is the difference between doing a spiritual act or mitzvah and simply performing physical disciplines. When we do a mitzvah, we are not just increasing our willpower, we are aligning ourselves with the will of God. We are preparing a vessel for the divine presence to dwell within us. We are striving to translate our deep longing for God into intimate union with the Eternal One. This is the spiritual force that lies at the heart of the religious life, the yearning for God, the desire to bind ourselves to the infinite, the urge to annihilate our lower self in the light of our higher self, the longing to become one with the Absolute. As is so beautifully expressed in the Shabbat prayers, Beloved of my soul, merciful Father, draw your servant to your will, and your servant will run as swift as a deer. You will bow down before your glory. Glorious, resplendent one, light of the world, my soul is lovesick for you. I beseech you, O God, pray heal it by showing it the sweetness of your splendor. Then it will be strengthened and healed and will experience everlasting joy. It is the everlasting joy of the Divine Presence that we seek, the return to our supreme, supernal source. But this time we will arrive home carrying the spiritual gift of the Divine Sparks that we have collected through our yearning for the Divine Beloved while we were bound in incarnation in this physical world. Thank you for joining me today. It's been wonderful to be together with you. I hope your mind has been stimulated, your consciousness expanded, and your heart blown wide open. I look forward to sharing this time together with you next week. In the meanwhile, check out our website, .org, for all of our webinars, courses, and programs. And come visit us the next time you are in Jerusalem. Shalom. Peace be with you all.